Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources we have to offer you so you can take the next step towards more pleasure, joy, and connection in your life on your own terms. You'll find our complete podcast archive indexed by topic in our sex index, and you'll also find all of our online courses so you can take the next step in your erotic adventure with us by your side. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com. If you are new to the show, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash free and enroll in our free online course so we can deliver our best resources straight to your inbox. If you've been with us for a while, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love to find ways to go deeper with us yet. As we record today's episode, we have come around yet again to Valentine's Day, that high holy holiday of eroticism and romance and hearts and sexuality. And we've done great episodes in the past, including last year about the history of Valentine's Day, which is so wild. And I definitely recommend you check that out. There will be links in the show notes page. We've talked about making sex more romantic. We've talked about erotic gift giving and love languages. So as we approached the holiday this year and in our own stage of our relationship, we were really thinking about how to make romance really personal. The best of this holiday is that because it's a holiday, it gives us all the opportunity to ritualize romance, whatever that means to us. But the worst of the holiday is that it is so scripted. And we've just come out of this whole podcast series about getting off script. Again, there will be links in the show notes. And so if we want to get off script, how do we kind of claim not only this holiday, but the general invitation to ritualize romance? We're going to play with this phrase, ritualizing romance, and we're going to explore what that means, what it could look like, what it's unpacking, and see if we can create experiences of romance for ourselves and our lovers that are perhaps a bit more personal, a bit more meaningful and fulfilling even. Mm -hmm. Because I think one of the things the holiday evokes for some people is That feeling of when a ritual is performance only or when it's not done with feeling and connection, it can almost feel lonely. And hollow. Yeah. And that's kind of the danger of scripts. It's like if they don't meet us where we're at, they can actually do harm. But this invitation to ritualize romance is not just for Valentine's Day. It can be a year-round invitation. And... It can be so personal. In fact, it has to be personal. And that's the invitation and why it can be such a delicious question. This is not just for couples and like lover culture. When we think about romance, and we'll start unpacking these words, we think about it as a deeply personal experience, something we can share with friends, something we can share in community, and then yes, in erotic and romantic partnership. 
So romance, the real etymology and history of this word is kind of fraught and annoying. So I'm just going to skip it entirely and go to the feeling of it. Like when I say the word romance or feeling romantic or a romantic holiday, a romantic gift, right? When we use this descriptor word, what do you feel or what do you want to feel? Inside that feeling and that yearning is the heart of romance we want to talk about. For me, when I hear the word romance, what it evokes is this world of love and care and being cherished and paid attention to, um, being celebrated, there's devotion present. It's a really delicious world of being seen and loved for specifically who you are, Mm. ideally. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, that that sense of devotion and care and being held. Um, And it's funny, we're going to do our next episode on this idea of holding one another. But there's something inside romance for me that's about like our special, unique soul beings being seen, held, cared for. And as you said, celebrated, um, revered. And the pleasure of that, the joy of that connection uh, being centered for a moment, mm-hmm. right? And so through romance, we can transcend the ordinary and the mundane and get to this place where it's just about that joyful celebration of you in this world alive. Like, how beautiful is that? Um, and the script of romance tells us we have to wait for someone to do this for us right? Like the script we've been sold and what so much of this holiday tells us is like someone will arrive with an armful of flowers and chocolate and give you romance. And what we want to invite here and in all we do is that these feeling states are just deeply human and that they look different for all of us, right? There's a spectrum of romanticism, just like there's spectrums of libido and sexuality there's spectrums of kink the spectrum of romantic desire right some people identify as aromantic and they want no part of this i thou bullshit and they very much identify as like a soloist perhaps or um, highly sexual but aromantic right we get really granular with language now and then there's some people that romance is just the heart of why they want to connect erotically. That I, thou, soulful connection is what they crave and yearn for most of all, perhaps even more than physical connection. And then there's so many blends, right? Um, and where we find romance. I think it's really important to bust out of this idea that there is the one to share romance with, Right. And so what becomes available to us when this is a feeling state, a self-defined feeling state of feeling seen, cherished, celebrated, cared for, connected, how does that look for you and with whom might you want to share that? And I think an underappreciated realm here is romantic friendships. Oh, I love this world because it's just a way that we can celebrate our care and love with people that are really important to us, that are, yes, are beyond our sexual connection. But there are so many ways we can show up and really delight and celebrate our friendships where we are being effusive with our adoration and creating events to celebrate friendships, whether that's trips away or meals or phone calls. There are ways we can just delight in our friendships and really truly celebrate them for what they Mm. are and what they bring to our lives. And Mm -hmm. it's such a joy. 
And just like erotic romance, sometimes friend romance, we forget to do it. And then we long for it and yearn for it. And we forget that there are these actions we can do to really generate this feeling state. This word generate is something I've been thinking a lot about in terms of sexuality in general. Um, but in terms of romance and that connection between ourselves, our soul, like the heart of who we are and others, like being available for that connection, I think is really an active state that we need to explore for ourselves, right? Like how do you want to feel more romantically alive in the world? And to what extent, you know, I really want to appreciate that spectrum. Um, we both seem to be very high romantic appetite people. I remember our first date when I was at your house, you had a kind of wine goblet of chocolate truffles next to the bed. And I freaked out a little bit. I was like, you know, we don't need to be on script. We don't need to do this romantic thing right away. And you laughed at me. You're like, nope, those are for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're always there, baby. <laughs> and so you really self-romanticize. I think you've always done this. You've built in sensual pleasures that like celebrate you and your loves and joys in this world. And you like adorn your life with that. It's very effusive. So no wonder you have romantic friendships. And then, you know, with us, it's just been a, a fire of romance, I guess. <laughs> And that can be really small things. Like one of the things I find to be most romantic is dancing in the living room or in the kitchen, but like with so much feeling and appreciation and gratitude, mm. like those kind of mundane moments of life, but sprinkled in with like, oh, this is beautiful. And I'm grateful to be here with you doing this. Mm -hmm. Really do it for me. Mm -hmm. You love that connective tissue of romance kind of all yeah. day, every day woven <laughs> through. Whereas some people, they can or especially if your jobs take you further away from one another and you might want those micro moments um, through texts or little love notes but you need to kind of put more into big romantic events or dates or vacations um, so the pace of this looks different for people we do really want to celebrate micro moments of romance just like micro moments of erotic touch and micro moments of connection taking those little opportunities to celebrate and cherish one another uh, can go a long way over the arc of relationships. Um, and I've come to appreciate, you know, like my mom used to send me magazine clippings in the mail and I never kind of understood it as a kid. But that gesture of like saw this and thought of you and that's so easy nowadays with memes and images and posts. Um, texts are an easy way to just kind of drop a little romantic gesture in your lover's bucket or in your friendship bucket. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about buckets. <laughs> um, but this idea of like titration. And I think when we think about romance, so many of us freak out because we only think about the big gestures. And we feel like if we're not showing up with two dozen roses and a bottle of champagne, it doesn't count. Or whisking you away on an expensive holiday that's done in secret and it appears. It's really like high stakes. Which like for reals, that's almost impossible <laughs> right. to do nowadays, <laughs> you know? Um, and I feel like there's, you know, shows like The Bachelor and we have now mm. so many images of romance and we can forget what the experience feels like. And so like everything we do here at Pleasure Mechanics, we really want to focus on the feeling state of this, the experience of it. 
how do you want to feel more celebrated, seen, cherished, cared for, adored in this world? How can we generate that for ourselves? How can we offer that to one another as a gift? And how can we get really specific with this? And that specificity then becomes more fulfilling. As we talk about romance, I also want to talk about this word ritualizing, which is part of what the holidays invite us to do. Um, In our culture, in many of our cultures, we don't have a lot of ritual. I don't want to speak for everyone. In my white American upbringing, ritual was really delegated mostly to holidays and to kind of unseen, unspoken things we do that are highly ritualistic, but have gotten so normalized, we've forgotten their ritual, such as weddings and wedding rings. Um, We have these kind of symbols of ritual but we don't really get invited to step deep inside them as an experience, I think, in a lot of modern life. And I think many of us crave ritual. And when I say ritual, I don't want folks to get freaked out about this word ritual. It doesn't have to be religious or spiritual. The word ritual is really about doing something on purpose with attention and focus in order to make the invisible more visible, to make the immaterial material. So we can celebrate, devote, worship, like, right? So we can bring our attention and our energy to that which is otherwise invisible or ineffable. And we do this in all sorts of ways. Like if you think through all of the holidays we celebrate, the ways we lay our tables, the decorations we use, the physical things we do, the songs we sing, all of this invokes a mood or an intention. But I find that in a lot of modern culture, we've lost the invitation to step deeply into ritual and really feel it, let alone shape it and create it on our own terms. A lot of us kind of have the like standard holidays off the shelf or what we've inherited from our natal families, but I really want to invite us all to get more proactive with ritual and like claim it as our own and that we can create ritual in very small ways day to day or around these big annual holidays that mark time and seasons and change and growth. Um, Our children's birthdays, I think, are for some people the first holiday they get to kind of do on their own term. But as a queer family, I think it's been really important to us that we do all of our holidays on our own terms and really look at them as white people trying to practice abolitionism and look at anti-racism in everyday life. Like, how do our holidays enact white supremacy and how do they create opportunities for liberation? Like if we're not asking these questions, then a lot of our ritual is kind of more performance based and not ours. And so when we talk about romantic ritual and ritualizing romance, it's so important to get really specific because otherwise we're on the scripts and those scripts do not serve as we have covered on previous episodes. See show notes. (laughs) And that doesn't mean you have to start completely from scratch. Often there are frameworks or some things that you want to bring in that might feel emotionally important to you. 
Um, flowers, for example. No one's going to throw out the flowers. We named ourselves Roses, <laughs> actually. <laughs> we took on the last name mm-hmm. Rose, uh, really looking at this symbol and going into it and the history of it and choosing that on purpose. And we keep roses in our house most of the time. So you don't have to throw out the roses. Sometimes I see sex educators say things like, fuck the roses, give them what they really want. A lot of people really love flowers. And I really love chocolate. <laughs> I try and eat chocolate every day. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like we need to throw those things out. There is out. no try. You do, honey. <laughs> I'm Mostly multiple. Um, so <sighs> we can include these elements, but then we can layer or add other meaning or rituals into the day, into the experience, into the ceremony. And get more specific, right? And so with flowers, I love flowers, but do not bring me carnations. Mm -hmm. And if you love me, you start knowing that about me. Um, Chocolate, but make it dairy free for us, right? And so when you make it specific, it becomes like an ode, a tribute. And it gets us out of that prepackaged script. And to receive such a personalized gift is, I think, so deeply meaningful and moving to people. And gifts are not just gifts, right? Gifts are words, time, attention, events, touch, sex, right? All these different ways we can love one another. We are going to talk more about how to make these rituals and ritualizing romance really, really specific and how to pay attention to what lights us up after we take a moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. One of the things I find most romantic is learning together. This has been part of our relationship since day one. We always go to lectures and museums and events to learn together on dates. And then when we go out afterwards, we have so much to talk about and we're all lit up. Learning together also releases hormones that are quite bonding. And so learning new skills together, rather than being intimidating or awkward, can actually be a moment of connection. That's why we offer all of what we do here at Pleasure Mechanics and why we love the offerings from our sponsor, Beducated.com. Beducated curates erotic education from a global community of erotic educators, body workers, sexual artists of all kinds, and offers you a wide range of erotic learning opportunities for you to explore alone with your partner, even with your friends. You can tune in and learn new erotic skills from the comfort of your own home. You will find some of our resources at Beducated, and we are proud to be in company of some of our greatest friends and allies from the pleasure movement all around the world. Go to Beducated.com and use the code PLEASURE for 65% off their annual pass so you have an entire year to explore the erotic education offered there. That's Beducated.com, use the code PLEASURE and explore their beautiful library of erotic education, videos, courses, audio guides, and more. That's beducated.com, B-E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, beducated.com. Use the code PLEASURE. Big thanks to Beducated for sponsoring this episode and sharing erotic education with the world. 
Another beautiful romantic gesture is gift giving, but it can sometimes be intimidating to pick out an erotic gift from the huge world of sex toys and lingerie and accessories. Oh my, there's so much to choose from. And that's why we love the curated offerings at likeakitten.com. At likeakitten.com, you build your own box by choosing one from each of six categories like sex toys, lingerie, accessories, and lubes. They offer a curated selection of high quality so you can kind of personalize it, but off a menu of pre-vetted, high quality, delicious offerings. They wrap it all up in a gift-ready box and ship it discreetly to your door. I don't know how they do it, but they offer all of this at an incredible value. And when you use the code pleasure at likeakitten.com, you'll save an additional 20% off and get free shipping. That's likeakitten.com. Use the code pleasure and enjoy building your own box of beautifully curated erotic accessories, sex toys, and more. I am quite enjoying the nipple clamps with bells on them. <laughs> that we recently received from Like a Kitten. So you can always hear your lover coming <laughs> around the corner or <laughs> da, da, da. that's likeakitten.com. Use the code pleasure for 20% off and free shipping your own build your own box of erotic treats and sweets. That's likeakitten.com. Use the code pleasure and there will be links to our sponsors and more in the show notes. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode. So when we talk about ritualizing romance, one of the things that we want to invite us all to do is not only get really specific about how we want to feel, what makes us feel seen and cherished, cared for at a very like unique soul level, right? But what are the sensual objects, cues, scents, songs, right? What are the sensual things that we can use to anchor these feeling states. And when we pair these things together, right, the emotional and experiential with the physical, that's kind of how we arrive at really deeply personalized ritual. And this idea of making the invisible visible, the intangible tangible, um, I encountered most recently in Zen Buddhism, where they do a ton of ritual, like all day long at the monastery, they are guided by ritual. And these rituals are very physical. There's a lot of bowing. There's a lot of lighting of incense with swirling it around your head X amount of times, right? And things are almost didactic in how specific they are. But through spending time there and engaging in these rituals, I was able to really experience in my body how structured ritual can evoke a feeling state, especially when we do it over and over again. And the sensual details anchor these things in our bodies so at some point, we can access those feeling states by a sensual cue alone. So now, years after spending time at the monastery, lighting their incense, that specific sandalwood smell of the mountain monastery, lights me up and gives me a certain comfort inside. And I can tap into that in a certain way. And I can double down if I put on the chanting, right? And so we can use these sensual cues to tap into an emotional state. How might we do this for our romantic and erotic lives? Repetition is important here, but it's also anchoring those sensual details in something you want to repeat. 
right? And so they have to be specific and personal to you. And so if you are goth, like pink champagne hearts are not going to do it for you, but something really beautiful and shiny and black and chrome might light you up, right? So it's so much about your specific personality shining through the details. And how do we get curious about that? Right. So if we're looking at creating our own ritual to celebrate our relationships. Rituals, plural, like daily rituals, weekly rituals, annual rituals. I really want to think about this on all of the scales. Right. Because we've taught it's a special occasion. It's a celebration. So it could be on anniversaries. It could be on birthdays. But it can also be how you wake up in the morning. Sure. Absolutely. I'm just talking about <laughs> the big occasions. But yes, the mundane ones are really important too. Let's have rituals everywhere. But things also like hand shakes are rituals and blowing out candles at a birthday party are rituals so I don't want people who are not um, connected to monasteries and that kind of ritual to think that this isn't for them right, right? we include we, we ex- all of us experience ritual in some ways there are military rituals you know like this anyway yeah. so go- sporting culture oh, sports huge, culture is huge, huge on rituals. rituals absolutely and so I think this is first like become aware of the rituals you already do and enact and what you enjoy about it right and what are the elements are they physical or are they sensory in another way what elements really do work for you I mean when we lived in North Carolina the shade of blue of our clothes meant something in a way we weren't even aware of and we would walk in a room and get reactions to the color blue we were wearing and that's like showing that within a subculture there are ritualized objects colors Mm -hmm. symbols gestures words And we are all kind of immersed in this. And so the invitation here is to first become aware of how our lives are already ritualized. Mm -hmm. What fuels you? What lights you up? What is really comforting and joyous about those rituals? And what could you get rid of? What could be excavated? What does not serve? And where is their longing? Mm -hmm. And how can you then self-generate rituals to create those experiences you long for? And this invitation to self-generate rituals is new to a lot of people. The idea that you can self-make this. Right. I think people are doing that a lot with marriages now. Like there's a framework of a Mm. marriage ceremony that people know. And then people are changing it and shifting it slightly to make it more appropriate for them and their expression of their relationship. So I think we're seeing that at a big scale there. But Mm -hmm. we can do this for all these other moments also. Mm-hmm. So I want to get into what are some of the elements we could look at if we are interested in crafting and creating a ritual of romance that is more specific to us. Mm-hmm. So I think that whole vector of sensuality, right? Like what are the sensual details that you as a specific human like and going across the senses there, right? Sounds, smells, tastes, textures, Um, And we can pay attention to this again. Everything we're talking about is for ourselves, for all of the people we love and for our romantic partners, our erotic partners, our life partners of all kinds. Um, And for me, I love knowing these details as I crush out on people. I really want to know what they like. Um, So what are like the tastes and textures and smells that really like do something for you and speak to who you are specifically and then how do you express that and share it and ask about it but also another element of romance is meaning and significance and specialness so can we layer some of those things with with meaning for instance if we're eating foods are they 
Are they foods that you had on your first date? Are they foods from your wedding? Are they peak moments in your relationship on a holiday that feel really meaningful and it's a moment to remember something special within your relationship and to celebrate the two of you and your experiences in life together? And especially this link between taste, smell, and memory, we Mm -hmm. can really bank on. Totally. Right? That's just like a feature of the human brain and we can use that to evoke something for one another over and over again. Um, Fill up your spice cabinet with places you've traveled together. Um, There's a way of weaving ritual in, and it doesn't have to be a huge deal each time. And then you can go big sometimes. Perfect. The sensual details are a goldmine for rituals. So many of our rituals really rely on sensual aspects to anchor this emotional, but we don't need them. And that's one of the beautiful things is we can ritualize even something as silly as a private joke, right? A joke that really evokes a certain memory. If you do it often enough, like that is a little mini ritual where you kind of like hit a little button and a whole world opens up. Um, So rituals, like they have these elements and one of the elements is repetition. And within relationships and care relationships of all kinds, by repeating things, especially the peak experiences, your favorite times together, those times you survived, like so many private jokes come out of like a hardship or something you overcame together. Um, anchoring those things into words and phrases that you can say just like two or three words and you're both laughing. Um, but that takes an effort, right? For that story to almost become a myth and a legend within your relationship. Um, And that's part of what ritual does, too, is we use stories to evoke meaning and to create culture, right? And Jewish folks do ritual really well. Um, And I really want to shout out to the Jewish faith that it has so much room for adaptation that I really see a lot of, especially my queer Jewish friends, they take these ancient rituals and ceremonies and make them their own, And as you said, they preserve certain frameworks and sensual elements and songs and words and stories, but then adapt them to be more meaningful and significant for their specific cultural context and community. And that's the invitation here. Um, It's so beautiful to witness. And when we do update and recreate these rituals of romance, it is a bit of a risk. There is an element of putting yourself out there of being creative, of having conversations with your lover that can feel vulnerable, perhaps. Um, But I think that what becomes available when we do is something that is really personal and specific and meaningful and rich Mm -hmm. and filled with meaning and love. You keep talking about that word meaning. What do you mean by meaning? I think one of the um, issues with the script of romance is that it can become hollow because you're just following a script. And I think one of the opportunities of ritualizing romance is that we get really specific about who we are and our particular relationship and we're celebrating it. And that has significance. 
And when we celebrate our specific relationship, you're looking at what it means to each of you and what it has meant in your life and who you have been to each other and the stories you have been on and the the emotional texture of that. Like, how do you specifically love one another? It's specific. Every union is so particular and specific and has its own shape and feeling to it. I'm thinking of the differences between the rituals we do with your brothers versus my sisters, for example, and how they have such different textures that express like the different natures of those relationships and cultures of those relationships. Um, And it just kind of shows like how in each of our care relationships, our loving relationships within these connections, there is unique specificity. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about this idea of erotic connection in future episodes because it's so important to eroticism. And in talking about the pleasure and the joy and the orgasms and the fuckery, sometimes we forget about the deep soul connection that happens within eroticism. And ritualizing romance is an invitation to like polish that specificity into a pearl. And into a repeatable, sensual, physically anchored, action-based way of expressing and generating it, right? And so when we think about holidays, they each have their different emotional contours and textures. And the things we do are meant to evoke them. And so when you look at romance, like what are the specific feelings and emotions between either yourself, like to just express who you are, or between you and your loved one. And how can you make that manifest? How can you make that material and touchable and smellable and, you know, taste of like, how do you get it in and on your body? And something you can express over and over again. And so when we express it, we tap into that feeling state, right? We smell the incense, we feel calm. We see the flowers, we feel joyfully loved, we feel cherished, right? What might anchor the emotions of romance for you? How might you ritualize romance? Yeah. How might you celebrate the specialness of your relationship and put that celebration into action? Whatever that relationship may be. And we really want, especially around this time of Valentine's Day and all year round, to remind us that love, connection, pleasure, eroticism, sexuality are for all of us. They're within each of us as individuals. They're expressed in all kinds of relationships. They're expressed at a community and cultural level. And so no matter where you're at or who you're connected with, you have access to these feeling states. Um, And we all can feel loved and cherished We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Some of you have been with us for 15 years. Others are just joining us. Welcome. And we love you and care for you in this world. And we are here for you. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find all that we have to offer. Get enrolled in our free online course at pleasuremechanics.com slash free. And you'll be in direct email touch with us. And we have an open email box. You can email us anytime. And we're here for you. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We're the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>